Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show where four guys from around the country talk about sports and a little bit of real estate, doors and hardware, and Portland Trailblazers customer service at the back end. No one, no one talks doors and hardware. Let's be straight. <laughs> hey, I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my regular co-host, Bill Risser, down in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Shea Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. Boys, it's a cold, cold weekend here. In Columbus, we woke up, the temperature was minus four, with a feels like of minus 16. Uh, it did get up to, I think, 11 today, um, <laughs> but a little chilly. So let's see how it is around the country. Bill, what's going on with you down in St. Pete? Wow, I don't want to tell you, we had our coldest day in, in 12 months today. Um, the morning low was 44, and it got up to 59. Call me. <laughs> oh, we were freezing, freezing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, MLK Junior Day today, so they, we um, – in St. Petersburg, they have one of the largest MLK parades in the country, to be quite honest, right? Two blocks away. So got to go over there and catch a few beads and some Tootsie Rolls and some other candies, assorted lollipops. It was fun. And uh, they had a huge crowd. And I'll tell you my favorite, I have a new all-time favorite band currently. It's the South Carolina, South Carolina State University Bulldogs. They rock the show. So I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, they're like just south of Columbia, I think, Sean, south of where your daughter's at school. So yeah, they were great. So had a great time today. Awesome. And Todd, what's going on with you up in up in the upper suburbs of the ATL? Just wanted to clarify, Bill, the definition of freezing is 32 degrees. Oh, so sorry, you're right. Could have been freezing. Oh, sorry, no, okay. no possible way. Um, hey, Sean, not as cold as as, as Columbus, but certainly uh, seeing temperatures in the the low, uh, high 20s, low 30s, high of 42 today. Um, just cold, cold, cold. So tonight, uh, we're having a dust bunny. It's a hazy IPA from Monday Night Brewing Company here in Atlanta. Um, off a great the, Han, the Han Brolo? That's uh, the, the sister beer of the Han Brolo. Yeah, oh, you're right correct. <laughs> you're correct. And again, it's a hazy IPA, which I love. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you're that crazy about them, Sean, but hey, uh, we don't have to compete over the same beer at the bar, so it's all it's all good, right? So, yeah. no, coming off a great weekend, a lot of sports. Looking forward to the show, Sean. Good. Shay, what's going on with you, man? I see you got hey a – guys. I'm just off work. Got, got a tall glass of wine there? Yeah, I went with the wine today. Um, I had a client actually send me, uh, send me a case of wine from Will, uh, Willamette Valley Estates. Uh, sent me a case of their whole cluster. Hmm. So I'm uh, just enjoying that this weekend. Excellent. And did you guys have games this weekend? Uh, not at home, actually. We um, we played Friday night at home. Uh, it's kind of an eerie feeling. I'm not sure if you guys have kind of followed it in the news, but uh, on earlier part of last week on Monday, we had uh, a measles scare at the Molda Center, Ooh. and so um, the attendance definitely suffered from that uh, on Friday <laughs> night's game. <laughs> how many wow. of the uh, how many of the uh, premium seat customers bailed out? Oh, I mean, it's a Friday night. They're not coming anyway. <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. I kid. But yeah, we um, attendance was down almost 20% uh, for the game on Friday from what actually sold to what was actually scanned in the arena. So we're, we're talking a lot of that up to the measles scare. That'll go down as one of the worst promotions in basketball. The first 10,000 people get <laughs> Well, that's, that's, isn't that where you bring all your kids to the game so they can all get the measles or whatever? Oh, that the moms. I mean, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Well, good to see all you guys on there. Uh, yesterday was an amazing, you know, for only two games, uh, it was one of the best Sundays of football all season long. Uh, you know, 23 weeks into the season, 20, you know, 22 weeks into the season, um, two games that really uh, ended up being iconic uh, games that, that will be talked about for a while. Uh, certainly there's plenty of fodder to talk about for the next week before we get into the actual matchup of Super Bowl uh Games. Let's let's start with a let's start with the early game, guys. Uh, happened down in New Orleans. It was the number one seed Saints hosting the number two seed Rams. Uh, who wants to start and kind of talk about what they saw in that game? 
because we can we can just fast forward right to the end if you want. But you know, um, Drew Brees, thirteen. They were up thirteen nothing. They they kind of um, missed some opportunities to have a, even possibly a bigger lead. And then, kind of one of the first turning points was the fake punt. Mm. Um, fake punt that was just perfectly executed by the is it Hecker the uh, yeah. Hecker the puncher yeah <clears throat> yeah and just just through great pass and the guy who um, the the guy who caught the ball I, I don't know his name but he sold that so well right he was oh my gosh, yeah. spring downfield to cover and just checked up that was great great play overall so they go down they get, they only get field goal out of that but um, you know it it, it kind of just at least got them on the board and kind of settled down Jared Goff. And while Gurley didn't have his best game, uh, you know, it was kind of weird. I mean, he, he wasn't injured and he wasn't benched, but it was just kind of was Something was afoot with Gurley, right? Yeah, he, so, missed a, he missed a couple easy passes early in that game, right? And I think, I don't know, it's just like McVeigh just said, you're not, you're, your head's not in it yet. We'll just let CJ run wild uh, yeah. until you get your stuff together. That was interesting. Yeah, Saints, Saints and under looked great for a long time yesterday. <laughs> and yeah. uh, look. Let's, and it didn't go that way, right? So, Sean, dig, dig in. Let's. Uh, where do you want to? Yeah, well, where, let's, where do you let's bring just bring it up. Fast forward right down to the end. You know, it's it's getting it's getting tight. Um, the the Saints are driving down, and really, Drew Brees was ineffective throwing the ball long all day, uh, and he really didn't try a lot long. But but finally, he gets one where he he goes over the top, and Ted he underthrows Ted Ginn, um, where if the if the defender would have somehow just even turned around, he could have at least knocked it down. But he doesn't. Ginn. Ginn gets a, a big catch, and I think that was that brought him into the two-minute warning, right? Um, and, and then, you know, the, the clock management, I thought, was was really poor because the next play, I think, or maybe there was one play before the two-minute warning where they threw the ball. They, they called a pass. It was kind of a weird play where I, I didn't like that. I, you got to burn a clock there. Um, you know, I, I believe the game was tied at that point. Is that right? Or no? Yeah, yeah, 20-20 at that point. It was tied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20-20, and um, – and, and really, they're in control. You know, the, the Rams are down to, I think, one timeout. Yep, Rams had one timeout. Uh, so they had the ball based on the 32-yard line, I think it was, where Ginn caught the ball. Um, they they go incomplete on that play, and then basically then I think that took them down to the two-minute warning. Um, or No, I guess the two-minute warning happened when Ginn caught the ball because he caught it with 158 left. Yeah. So they come out of the two-minute warning, and they pass instead of run the ball. Um, they're already in field goal range, and they pass and stop the clock. Um, and then they get to second down where they think they ran a screen, pl- screen play. And then they, then the big third down play happened. And I don't know who wants to take it. <laughs> who wants to, to jump in first, but I, I guess there was there pass interference on that call. Or I, I don't know. Or- Shay, <laughs> let's start with Shay. Let's start with Shay because we already, we talked a little bit off air, off air. Right. Well, what did you see on that play Shay? I mean, I mean, Sean's right on. Why are you throwing the ball on third down if you're already in field goal range and the other team has one timeout on a tie ball game at home? Like, I mean, was it pass interference? Of course it was pass interference, but Sean Payton should have never thrown the ball in the first place. Yeah. Wait, I mean, yeah, so what's well, going to happen there? It's too late. You're right. The first two, the first two plays that killed the clock are what killed them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Two running – just two running plays or even three running plays there at – one of them would have been stopped immediately, and then you'd run another uh, minute 20 off the clock, right? If you'd have just run the whole time and not not even got the penalty, right? Yeah, and you got a great kicker. I think he's only missed one kick all season, uh, yeah. kicking indoors, you know, pretty Both much. Both kickers were amazing in that game. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, no doubt about that. Well, it, it, it's, it's why Pete Carroll in the Super Bowl um, mm. threw the ball and famously got intercepted, right? Sometimes these coordinators and coaches are, are trying to outthink the opponent, and it's what they're paid to do. Um, all that's fine, but we're being very mature and, and, and not acknowledging the fact that it, it simply uh, was one of the worst calls, arguably, in, in NFL worst no history, calls, right? Yeah, the worst, worst, no yeah calls. worst no calls. Fair enough. And so uh, immediately I'm watching that just saying, wow, wow, wow. How does that happen? Wow, wow, wow. And then I took a step back. And in real time, you know, I could see <laughs> not very often, but maybe one out of 10 times you miss that call in real time for whatever reason, right? But I guess the bigger point is, is why isn't there a, a referee in charge of re- review, replay, that has that discretion to say, man, an all-timer just happened. We need to review it and, and maybe change the course of events. 
Um, obviously, it's well, not. They, they do have that. They do have that. Past interference is not a reviewable. That's right. They, ha- they have it for everything else inside two minutes, right, Todd? They don't. You don't throw yeah. a challenge flag inside two minutes. So there is a a, a guy. Well, there's in the never. Top. There's never a. There, there's never a review on penalties. The no, only no. Thing they review I understand that. Is but the helmet. Everything's in place to take care of that play except the rule. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Well, I mean, I think we'll all agree. You know, there should be no one's. No one's arguing the bang bang. No one's arguing the man. You know, he may have hit there early. <laughs> I think we don't argue when you're three steps and three seconds ahead. And, and helmet no, to helmet on a uh, defenseless oh. receiver. So it just yeah. gets worse. Yeah. So let me ask you this, guys. Um, do you think? And I'm not making any excuses because the league already came out and said they missed the call. Do you think the referees just kind of swallowed their whistle at that point in the game, and they just almost they, they went the other way and said, said they didn't want to be the story, and by not being the story, they became the story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, and and the two of them to both swallow it. Maybe you know it'd be fun to talk to those two guys in ten years when they feel like talking about it. But did one think the other guy was going to do it, so he didn't want to be throw his flag. The other guy thought he was going to throw it, so let him be the guy to you know make the potentially you know, controversial penalty call. I don't know. And then they both got to a point where it was just too late to throw the flag. I would love to hear that story because there's two guys staring at that play. There, there, are, two, there are two officials on that sideline. That both so there, there's one story that an official told the guy the ball was tipped, but clearly on the replay, mm-hmm. there was not even close to being tipped. No one I think, Todd, Todd, you know, in those situations, usually if there is a tip, the referees will get together. Yes. And, in most cases, they'll throw the penalty, and then they'll convene and say, "Hey, the ball was tipped," and they say, "No flag, ball was tipped." So, Bill, I think, and we're gonna we're gonna mix sports here. Um, you'll help me out. The Detroit Tiger pitcher, Armando Galarraga, yeah, pitched a perfect game, and the first Jim, base umpire, Jim Jeffries, simply just missed the call. He he went, he he went called the, the guy rooms. safe, and he yep. was out by a half a step. He went to the locker room, saw the last it. out of a perfect game. Last hour perfect game, which never happens. Went to Lockham, saw it, went to apologize to the, to the guy, and then had a press conference last day crying. crying. And everyone to a man said, hey, this guy made a huge mistake. He admitted it. I think these guys just missed the call for yeah. whatever reason. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But, again, the fact that something that obvious can't be replayed, there needs to be a, a, a rule change. Uh, I there say go, someone with a button. Go That's check it. out – go check out um, – Michael Thomas's Twitter account. He's got the, the section, the subsection, and the, the paragraph or whatever of the rule that the commissioner of the NFL has absolute and total control to replay a game if there was some egregious – and there's some very specific things, but one of them was called a calamity. They used the freaking word calamity <laughs> in, the, in the NFL bylaws that he could actually go back and say, the calamity occurred here. We're going to replay the game from here. First and wow. ten at the 10 yard line for the saints. Okay. Finish with the game. this amount of time. Yeah. 49. It's entirely yeah. within his rights to do that. Could you imagine the uproar if he did that? Shay, what's a you? I see you. Uh, <laughs> at the bit. Todd, I, I'm just confused. I thought you were a Falcons fan and we're just got to be happy that the Saints lost. <laughs> there <it goes. laughs> let them have a shot. Doesn't matter let how they it. lose. Just let them lose. <laughs> so, you know, we, uh, I, I struggle with this because it, was I rooting for the Rams? Absolutely. Um, do I want to see New Orleans in the Super Bowl in Atlanta? Who uh, Datton? <laughs> but, but by the way, the Patriots should be who Datton in Atlanta, and that's a whole different story. But, um, hey, when it's that egregious and bad of a call, I don't care if it's your worst enemy. You don't have a harder soul if you're not just like, oh, that's got to sting. That's got to be painful for those guys. Um, yes, I know Atlanta Falcons don't want to see New Orleans, but that, that was bad. That was bad. And I, I mean, I let's just, be fair. The, the, it, it was bad, but there were a lot of missed calls and blown calls. In Ra- Ra- they, Rams won fair and square. Everyone, I think, should agree with that and could agree with that. But you always focus on that one little last sure. uh, thing that, that, that swings it. So yeah. um, I'm glad you brought that up, Shay. Rams, they're in the Super Bowl, fair and square. That's, that's fine. But perhaps the worst call in NFL playoff history or regular regular season history uh, kind of catapulted the uh, them to get there. Yeah, you know it's. Hey guys, I uh, go ahead, Shane. I, 
I just sent a, I just sent a, a message to you guys. I just saw a, a message on, on social media before I got on to this podcast. Uh, Matt Bowers Ford down in New Orleans. They bought four yep. billboards in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, one says Saints got robbed, and the other says yep. NFL blew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So, yeah. so here's the question, guys. You know, once again, go back to Peyton and his and his play calling. Um, that that lack of a call happened with 141 on the clock, I believe. They kicked the field goal and gave the Rams basically that, now a minute 41 yeah. to get down the field and kick a what was it, 47 yard. Now it's 47. Oh, 47 first, is high. 57 first, to yeah, win. Yeah. Um, 47, 46, I think it was 46 and 57. Yeah. Um, and and Zach just just Greg the leg. Uh, you know, got, got the first one in, tie it. Saints win. Saints win the um, Saints win the toss, um, and then I believe it was second play or third play of, of overtime. They uh, he gets his arm hit as he's throwing, yeah. skies the ball up in the air, and the defender basically catches it laying down on his back. I mean, Ooh. how perfect that ball just happened to land exactly where it needed to. Well, he 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 put himself in position to fall there. If you watch it close, he yeah, saw he it the whole way, and he's just backpedaling. He did. And got there and, and <laughs> made the play. It was pretty impressive. And, you know, one of you guys brought up his name earlier, Bill, I think, you know, sh- shocking that if you watch that game over and over again, how Michael Thomas doesn't get more throws. He only had four catches for 32 yards. Well, um, it's, a good, it's a good defense with a good game plan. I mean, they knew they had to shut him down, right? He, was, mm-hmm. he had 150 catches this year, some crazy number on, on track for 150. Yeah. Um, so you had to – I'm sure that was a game plan issue. Take him away. Uh, much like much like the Patriots did with Ty, uh, with uh, Tyreek Hill, right? So let's go let's go to the other side of the field. Uh, we talked about Peyton. So Sean McVay, um, he makes a kind of a questionable coaching decision to kick it on fourth down inside the ten to tie it twenty twenty, um, and then he makes a decision in overtime to bring out Zauerlein and kick a fifty seven yarder where if it would have missed the Saints would have been about 15 yards from field goal range themselves. I got to think this guy's just seen Greg Zauerlein kick the ball over and over again outside that when he figures, gosh, he's inside, he's going to, and that ball I think would have been good from 70. I I agree. Yeah. I mean, it was just booted. Um, That was a pretty ballsy call to go for it uh, there on his own 47 yard line. Right. right. Zauerlein had already kicked a 61 yard in this year. So yeah. we know he had the range. You yeah. know he has the range, especially playing in the dome now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't question that call. The, the the gutsy call was fourth and one at the Saints one yard line, or fourth and goal at the Saints one yard line. He kicks a field goal as opposed to just punching it in there and ending the game earlier. Yeah, and and, and to be sure, I think that I think he was on the six. I don't think it was on the goal line. I think it was on the six, but it would have been first and goal had they got it. So, um, you know, and, and and at that point in time, they would have you know they wouldn't get. Of, of made the fourth down they still had i think seven minutes left in the, in the game they could have they had all their time maybe two of their timeouts at that time it was just interesting that he, he kicked the field goal and you know uh i think um aikman questioned it but then he he, he kind of backpedaled and said it, it's probably the right call you know hey these guys all they're doing is calculating risk like everything yeah. else right they're yeah. looking at time how much time's on the game what's my best shot to get points yeah um it's, so the Rams, did you see the troll job by Gurley after the game where he put up the Instagram picture of him and the referee trading shirts? Uh, was that Gurley yeah. that put that up or did he just take it from somebody else? Because I, I think that was, a, that was a fan being like uh, – that was a fan saying the refs were, you know, play, were, were bought out by the Rams. I think that was more of that. I think Gurley just retweeted it. I don't know. Okay. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was let's funny. Go, let's go. So that game ends at 625. <laughs> and it was so perfect because with the overtime in that in that first game that you could segue right over to CBS for the the game in Arrowhead. Very for the, very, to, for the Tony Romo game. Yes, oh, yeah, Romo was the best. He was so good. Still, I mean, he, he stole the show, right? In the in the in the second half, he he must have predicted seven or eight plays in a row where he just said, "Here's what's going to happen: Edelman's going to go in, and Gronk's going to block his man." And that, sure enough, that's what happened. Um, and you every time Brady would audible, uh, he would he he knew what was going to happen. It was fantastic. Um, but let's talk about it. Um, what could have been a blowout? I mean, it could have been 21 nothing. Uh, Patriots, they, they, a methodical, just perfectly executed first drive. They get the ball and was it seven minutes and 48 seconds yeah. off the clock where they just chugged it down. I think it was a 14 play drive. Um, they go up seven, nothing. 
they hold the Saints three and out. They get the ball back in the second quarter and go Jeez. all the way down to the one yard line and pull Brady, up. Brady makes a bonehead play. He just Brady makes a bonehead play. He, thought, he, he just he just missed the the linebacker. I don't think he yeah. saw the guy dropping back and yeah. throws an interception. Um, but once again, the, the Chiefs can't do anything with it. Brady scores before halftime. I believe it was fourteen nothing at half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they had 32 yards in the first half, I think, if that was the right mm. total. It was... Yeah, it was 14 nothing, then it was 17-14. Again, the under looking great at halftime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, where do you want to start in this game? Uh, Bill, let's start with you. Uh, just your, your take on um, what we saw. You know, maybe, maybe fast forward to what, whatever you want to pick up in, in the second half. So, it was fun, you know, going into the uh, to halftime, and really I am just torn on this game. I don't even care who wins. <laughs> I, you know, I hate both teams. I'm trying to figure out what's more painful. And, I, and my most painful solution was Chiefs lose that game at home because that just screws their fan base. And then the <laughs> Patriots losing the Super Bowl to whoever, you know, not to the Rams, and that would make a perfect uh, wrap-up for me. But, but that, that upsets Todd because, you know, you, know, you shouldn't hate a team that much. But, I didn't, never said that. But, no, no. That. <laughs> go Vols. Anyways, when we go – I've never said that either. When, when they hit it in the halftime, I thought, okay, can – can uh, Reed and his guys kind of come up with what's going on, figure out what Belichick did that first half. And they did, they figured it out. Um, and, and what happened was no matter how well you game plan the chiefs, and I'm not here to anoint Patrick Holmes, a hall of famer or anything, but you can have a play perfectly designed. You, know, you, you can understand what they're going to do, have all you guys in the right place and everybody executes perfectly. But Mahomes does something incredibly yeah. crazy. And he just threw that long one. Or, or just, you know, I swear to God, there's going to be a, a pass between the legs in the next year for sure. The no-look pass is going to look insignificant. Behind the back, behind the back no-look yeah. through the legs, like a tennis player chasing down a lob. I mean, he's, he's got this confidence and this crazy ability to pull stuff off. Now, there are going to be games where that goes horribly wrong. And he did have a couple of games. He had one game this year, right, where he had two or three picks early. So I think um, I, I just – I kind of just said this isn't going to last. You know that – the, the Chiefs will figure something out, and this is game. This game's going to get close, and it did. That's that was my first take. Todd, uh, God, it reminds you of the modern day Brett Favre a little, like yeah. a little, um, just very creative and doing stuff and over and does. So listen, uh, poised. very Frank, poised. Frank, Favre was very Fran Tarkin. Favre was, Favre was Jay, very. Shay doesn't know. Shay doesn't know Fran Tarkin. <laughs> Fran Tarkin didn't do this. Who he might? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I was so impressed by how calm he was, not just in the huddle, because I think a lot of quarterbacks are calm in the huddle, but uh, Russell Wilson is similar. Um, Favre was very animated and and, and would talk to the crowd like Tebow. Oh, Mahomes gets animated outside the play. Yeah, but he's still – yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's almost a kid animated, like like Baker Mayfield running Uh, down the field and stuff. Hey, you know when there's a flag on the field because Mahomes does nothing but point at the flag. that's (laughs) That's his trademark. He, he just like, he's like, it's over. Get back. Get back. Yeah, exactly. So gr- great coach, uh, great atmosphere, uh, great young quarterback and, and great team. Um, so wasn't surprised that Casey battled back and, and made it a great second half, a great game. Um, Could have gone either way. Right. Uh, but uh, the coin flip uh, fell into new England's favor and they did what they were supposed to do and, and took care of business. Shay, any thoughts just on the overall game, and then we'll we'll kind of break down the the, the last couple drives. I don't I don't want to talk about the Patriots at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, he just won the he just won the podcast. So well, first of all, uh, <laughs> it kind of all started with the punt. First of all, what was there like six reviews, six replays uh, in the in the fourth quarter alone? Um, the punt that goes to Edelman, he doesn't touch it. Um, it's picked up by the Chiefs and returned for a touchdown, but you can't advance a muff. Um, Edelman knew right away. He's like, I didn't touch it. They didn't touch it. They It goes to, to replay. Um, and I think it was repl- – did uh, yeah, Belichick did throw a flag because it, it wasn't automatic review. Um, and, and clearly from the angles, his thumb didn't touch it. Did it graze his forearm? It, you know, it didn't look like it. And then the very next play, Edelman tips – tips a pass and, and it gets picked off. So it was well, like tw- 16 minutes to basically get the ball 16 yards <laughs> further back than where it was. Right. Um, but you know, fast forwarding the saints or the, uh, the chiefs drive down and score and take the lead. 
but there's two minutes and three seconds left. And everyone in America said what? Too much time. Too much yep. time. Yep. And it's 28-24. Brady leads him down and just surgically um, delivers him down inside. And I believe uh, Sonny Michelle runs in from seven yards um, with 37 seconds left, 30, 39 seconds. And, you know, once again, Mahomes gets him down into field goal range and their kicker, um, uh, trying to blank on his name, um, but he Butker. just – Harrison Butker. But, yeah, he drills that one just perfectly down the middle, ties it up, um, and it goes into overtime. First time ever that the championship games have both gone into overtime. I thought I heard that was a 8,000-to-1 um, bet uh, in oh. Vegas. You can bet both, both oh. games to go to. Shockingly, one I didn't place, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, it goes into overtime, and, and um, let's just talk about this rule, Todd. We, we had a no call in, in New Orleans. The rule that, that you're not a big fan of, the Patriots win the coin toss uh, with a call of heads um, and, and, and take the ball. Let's just stop there for a second. Todd, how do you feel about that rule that um, a coin toss <laughs> in overtime? Gee, what a softball. Um, I, I, I think it's one of the worst rules in all of sports. Um, and I will, I will uh, have a caveat that I understand why in the regular season um, you see – some college games go to eight, you know, six, seven, eight, five, six, seven overtimes. These guys in the NFL, their bodies are just, you know, already um, just being being hammered. So I get why they do what they do in the regular season. I think in the playoffs, um, both teams should be able to touch the ball once, right? Um, I, I just think it's it, it's a shame that a, a coin flip gives a team a huge advantage. Now they still have to score. Um, similar to the Rams, you know, Patriots deserve the win. Congratulations to them. But uh, it's, it's just – I just hate that a team wins a, a coin flip and then can score, and, and, and that's the ball game without the other team getting a chance do you, to, do you to like touch the, it. Um, do you like the what – if, what if they went to the 10-minute fifth quarter, so to speak, and full – you know, clock goes till, till zeros, um, regardless of how many scores or, or who touches it? I mean – I don't know much about that. To me, the the easy, um, smart choice, and Bill's not going to like it, is the the Texas tiebreaker. Put the ball to twenty five. Um, you get a chance to score either eight, seven, three, or zero, and then the other team, you know, gets a chance to tie or beat you or lose, and that's it. I think that's you know, especially in the playoffs. I get the regular season. You you know you can't have you know four, five, six teams playing a full you know eight overtimes, which could theoretically happen, but certainly the playoffs, I want to see, I want to see a change. All right. Shay, any thoughts on the, on that kind of the way overtime is decided? Are you still talking about the Patriots? Now it's a more generic in theory, in overtime, <laughs> the overtime rule in the NFL in the playoffs now. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'd, I'd like to see what happens in college, man. I think one of the most exciting weekends all year in, in football was the, the LSU game this year that went to, what, like seven overtimes? The Texas A&M LSU game? Yeah, how, yeah. Cool would that, how cool would that be to see uh, – see two teams fight it out for, for seven overtimes of fights to see who goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd want to watch that. They're going to have to they'll, – they'll figure out something because, you know, it's just too impactful. Um, you know, saying each team gets to touch it, I think, is, um, you know, um, it, it's one way to do it. But You know, each team does get a chance to touch it, Sean. The defense just has to make a fucking stop. <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> Look, I, I get it. I'm just saying, you know, um, yeah. and it's got to be a, a touchdown. So they've they've got to go. You know, they've usually got to go 75 yards, and if they can't stop them, you know, and then well, that, that was – Well, it depends on the return, Bill. Not necessarily 75 yards. Yeah, 75. odds are it's going to be 75. Odds are. Because there's more touchbacks than anything else in the NFL. Yeah. You know, hey. So New England, New England wins the toss, and, um, and Brady well, which takes – Which is a huge ball. advantage, which was going to be my point. Uh, the defense doesn't stop them, but – it, the sway of the coin flip is just way for these guys who've been battling 60 minutes to for it to come to a coin flip. Why don't they just decide the game on a coin flip? But, 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 you know, we just said it before the game right before that, the, 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 at, the at home saints won the toss. They didn't call it. So the Rams called the wrong, uh, you know, coin, coin for toss gave the ball to the saints and then stopped them. 
and then they had to punt it and they went down and kicked that long field goal to win the game. So I don't know. I, you know, like I said, I was, I was part of the, it was the Chargers Colts game that got that rule changed in the first place back in, Oh, 90 something, nah, two early two thousands. When, when the same thing happened, the Chargers got the uh, uh, coin toss at home, drove down, kicked a field goal to win the game. The game was over. Peyton never touched the ball. And there was an uproar all around the world because Peyton Manning, the greatest quarterback at that time, didn't get a chance to touch the ball. And, th- and so they made a rule change because of that. So I don't think that's Mahomes so, yet. <laughs> so, Bill, and, and, uh, let me just say this, and I'll, I'll be quiet, and we can move on. So in baseball, if they did a coin flip, and if the team scores in the top of the first, and the team in the bottom of the – I'm sorry, top of the tenth, the team in the bottom ten doesn't get a chance to, to, to tie it up or win, would you like that? Apples and oranges. You're a baseball but nice try. Apples and oranges, but nice try. <laughs> the I would say, laid out, I would say oranges laid out in baseball dreams, a lot longer. That's all right. Yeah, because in football, it used to have just freaking ties. Or you just played out the quarters, right? Um, so, uh, Texas tiebreaker. That's the answer. <laughs> okay. Let's play high school football up in the pros. But let's uh, – Because that's let's high talk, school football. That ain't college. It was let's talk about, guys, the overtime. Uh, Brady gets the ball, and three in overtime, three third and tens he completes. Um, two to Edelman. No, one to Edelman, one to Hogan. The one to, the one to White was amazing, right? Yeah. Well, how about the one to Gronk on the sideline uh, to get him down inside the 10? Yeah. Um, was catch. just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, actually, that one is, was in the fourth quarter. That one was, was as they were driving down to score um, the, the go-ahead, 28, the 31-28. But, um, you know, in overtime, Brady was intercepted. But there was a flag on the play. Deep <laughs> uh, Ford lines up offside. It's probably one of their best defenders. Uh, just, just his hand is, is – a foot over the line. Um, just talk about a great time to swallow the whistle if you're, a, 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 you know, a, an official, right? How, how right. much does that impact the play? But, but apparently enough. So you know, Brady makes it down. Uh, they score. Uh, they're heading to their ninth Super Bowl um, as a unbelievable. As yeah. A, yeah, just look. I, I, one of the sportscasters here in, in Central Ohio. He, used, he hailed from uh, Cleveland, but now he's down in Columbus doing a radio gig. Um, had a pretty, pretty interesting tweet today. He said, you know, think of how cool it would have been to have seen Babe Ruth or Ted Williams or, you know, uh, you know, um, who's the quarterback for the – Bart Starr, you know, all those all the people. It would be so cool to say you saw those people. We're seeing the people that the next generation will say, I wish I could have seen Tom Brady play. I'd like um, Shay's take on that. <laughs> you know, you know was you know what's crazy, Bill? I actually want the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. And hopefully, just maybe, if they win the Super Bowl, Tom and Bill will just retire. So we don't have to talk about it again. You know what? I might go with that line, too. I might use that. I might borrow that line with some of those uh, Patriot fans that are running around. Because then we can tell Chalmers, right, Sean? Yeah, we hope you do win. Because then those two bastards will retire and you won't win another one for 20 years. Great. Sean, we, we'll move it along, but we'll, we'll talk. Um, we've talked before. Ryan, your son, and my son, Scott. Michael Jordan's kind of like, who? who? Who's yeah, Michael Jordan is like us so, thinking of Chamberlain, yeah. So, so a five-year-old kid in 10 years will be like, Tom Brady, that's, I heard he's pretty good, right? I heard he's okay. He's won nine AFC championship games, right? Yeah. So, just unbelievable. And I've, I was at a divisional been, round game. Nine, when, when, yeah. wait, how, how many straight um, division or championship games? Ten, I think 10. It was 13. 13 straight. What, at 13? Well, yeah. Yeah. Those numbers I was tweeting out, that's, that's the truth, right? He's, it's, it's more likely that Brady's in the AFC championship game than a typical NFL quarterback completes a pass. It's more likely that Brady's in the AFC championship game than LeBron James makes a field goal, right? Because mm-hmm. his percentage is 73 and Brady's is 75 wow. for making the AFC championship game. So, We're witnessing greatness. You, it is. It is. And I, I've personally had my heart ripped out by Brady, you know, at a <laughs> overtime loss in Jack Murphy Stadium. Shay and I too. Shay yeah. and I too. It's brutal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was we'll at, break down the Super Bowl next week. I was uh, at, right, rhymes with 28-3. Let's just say <laughs> Oh well. Let's uh, let's move on to Shay's milieu. Let's talk about the NBA. Um, mm. Let's start with start with the games today on Martin Luther King. Uh, NBA has made it kind of a uh, marquee day for some day games across the uh, across the the association as it's called. 
Um, Shay, I saw even in a loss, uh, Luka Doncic, second youngest player to ever have a triple double. He had his first one of his career, um, beat out by ten days by Markel Fultz. Um, but uh, they lost to the Bucks. Uh, but I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Shay. Where do you want to start in the NBA? James Harden, maybe. Well, we'll start. We'll start right there in Dallas. I mean, we talk about Luka, and I talk about Luka enough, but they've got a little a uh, little turmoil going on in Dallas. Dennis Smith Jr who was a lottery pick last year, um, he's missed the last five games, three of which uh, he set out with a sore back. The last two was a little beef that he had with the coach and uh, some playing time. And while he was injured, the team actually put him on the trading block. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he kind of felt a lot of this had to do with Luca's success, and he didn't like the way he was being treated, and so he said he wasn't going to travel with the team. This is what makes the NBA so unique. Even though Lucas, even though Lucas having huge success, he's such a key member of that team that Rick Carlisle, the coach, had to personally call Dennis Smith Jr. and apologize to the way he was being treated. And now Dennis Smith agreed to to meet the team on the road tomorrow for the next D- game. Does Mark wow. when a player him? has that much control? Does Cuban make him do that? Who makes the coach I, make that call? You would, it's got to be Cuban, right? It would have to be the GM wow. or the owner. It would have to wow. be the GM or the owner. Wow. The coach calls a player to uh, to apologize and get him to come back and play with the team. Wow. So that's what's going on down there in Dallas. Um, staying in the state of Texas, James Harden. What James Harden's doing? Uh, Larry Bird. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Rick Carlisle played with Larry Bird. That's was this, true. Uh, was this? Uh, it, is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's before you that were born. Before you were born. Boston Celtic. That's all I was kidding. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> I remember, I remember the Celtics. I remember uh, the Chief, Robert Parrish, and uh, yeah. Kevin McHale, and, Kevin Johnson. and those guys. I Dennis remember Johnson. Carlisle was there. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I didn't know Carlisle Danny. was there. Danny Ainge, yeah. Danny Ainge, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. But, uh, <laughs> but staying in Texas, James Harden, what he's doing right now, it's unbelievable. Um, James Harden of the Texas three... Sixth Step. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> So here's uh, – I read something that completely blew my mind. James Harden had a three-game span with the most points scored without an assist. He scored 163 points without being assisted on any of those. On any of them. <laughs> dude, is a, dude is an absolute uh, black hole when the ball gets in his hands. And uh, it's crazy Odell enough, Hall. man. He's got <laughs> – He is Arizona a Sun State's Devil. Devil. He yeah. is a Sun Devil. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's a Pac-12 guy. Yep. Well, it wasn't Pac-12 back then. but No, it was. He, yeah, he was there, Pac-12, yeah. Uh, 19 consecutive games, uh, 19 consecutive 30-point games. Wow. That's something that, that not even Kobe Bryant did. I mean, it's just what he was doing there is crazy. He's averaging 42 points over the last 20 games. It's unbelievable what James Harden's doing. He's probably taking over the uh, the MVP race right now as the lead candidate for the MVP. Shane, that game against – I think it was Orlando – I think he was like one for 17 from three, but he still had 38 points. Because he shoots so many free throws. <laughs> I know. He's the king of getting to the free throw line. So he, um, did he, he had a, that, that team was struggling the first month of the season, right? I mean, they were really struggling. They were. And then, um, so and it, then is, this, is it corresponding with him just kind of saying, I'm just going to take over, that they're you know, moving their way back up? Chris Paul got injured. I think when okay. Chris Paul got injured, uh, everything kind of fell on his shoulders to guide the team. Okay. And he took over, and they're in fifth place in the West right now. So yeah. they're playing good ball. Yeah. What else is happening in the NBA? Anything, Shane? Um, Lonzo Ball goes down in Houston last Ooh. night. So he's out four to six weeks. Anthony Davis, a sprained finger. He's going to miss two weeks. It's probably broken. They just don't want to tell anybody. Um, and – NBA-related, but sagging us into college as well. Scottie Pippen came out this week with a controversial statement. He told Zion Williams, Williamson of Duke that if he were him, he would just shut it down for the year. Wow. Just shut it down. Don't risk oh. injury and get ready for the draft. Wow. Oh. Get out. Con? Hey, Shay. Uh, Rick Carlisle in 86 won an <laughs> NBA championship with Larry Bird um, as a Celtic. I think Over, number- over the Lakers? Over the Lakers, they lost in 85 and 87. So Celtics made it three years in a row and won in 86. I just did a uh, quick Wikipedia check. Nice. 
So let's talk college. Um, that that game, Bill. I know you had your eye on it. Uh, yeah. That Virginia Duke game. Yeah. Uh, four versus one, one versus three, depending on the poll you're looking at. Um, what a game! Uh, really, until the last about forty seconds, uh, when it got to be because uh, really for the from about the fifteen minute mark till about the two minute mark, it was either a tie game or a or a two point differential. Yeah. Either way, never more than three. I think it got to three at one time, but but it. it uh... Yeah, that was fun to watch. Um, and that's without Trey Jones, right? I mean, he's still sitting on the bench. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm looking at Shea going, they got at least one guy on that bench that can play. Right? <laughs> right, Shea? They, they only have one. So, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're talking about the thinnest Duke team in history. They go, oh. they go seven deep, and realistically that seven is like six and a half. Coach, Coach K so. goes one and done all in, and, and this is what he and gets. Who was that? Was it Weldon or what's the guy's name? That um, because Virginia was just constantly driving on the guy, yeah. uh, and he could uh, not, could not. I, I, I can't think of his name, but he could not stop anybody. Yeah. Um, and Virginia, Virginia is just such a disciplined team. Uh, you know, they just they really don't turn the ball over. But you know, I noticed those. There, there was not a sense of urgency in the last two minutes of that game. There were times where they had to yeah. score quick, and they're just well, they're not Duke, built Duke, for it. Duke was playing that really wide zone. Yeah. Duke was playing that zone, and it was such a such a difficult zone to bust that, you know, that, that big man for Virginia, um, Jones, I think, he, he, he's good, but he needs space. And they, were, they just did a great job. But yeah. I thought Zion and R.J. Barrett and, and um, the kid out of Canada. Cam um, uh, Reddish. Reddish, um, yeah, Cam Reddish. Yeah, they, they, that was a fun game. Uh, right now, Tennessee, Todd, is uh, number one in the country. Uh, yep. Tennessee, good team. They're 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 good. Michigan takes their first loss. Virginia takes their first loss. But really, if you look at the the top seven or eight, um, you know it's it's kind of a bunch of the people you expect to be up there. Virginia and Duke. You've got Nevada and Gonzaga are the two kind of outside Power Five teams. You've got Michigan and Michigan State, uh, and um, Kansas is right there. Um, you know, it's we're getting into some good times of of, of college hoops. But that that, that Duke Virginia game was a was a fun one, and then I believe uh, later this week, or maybe it's on the weekend, is Michigan, Michigan State, and that'll be a, a fun one to watch because um, Michigan State's playing really good basketball right now. They're blowing out Maryland last time I checked uh, tonight. Um, anything, anyone, anything else in college hoops, guys? I just want to say it. I'm going to say it every single week until we get to the Final Four. <laughs> Nevada? <laughs> Duke's overrated. And put your apples on Nevada. But <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Shay and I will have to have some kind of a who goes farther in the tournament, Nevada or uh, Duke. That'll be fun. That'd be, a, that'd be an interesting <laughs> wager. Oh, Bill's involved. I'm getting nervous now. Right. <laughs> he tends to win uh, these things. <laughs> or tie. <clears throat> Bill, anything happening in hockey this week? Or you want to go right to, uh, right the, to lightning, the, the Lightning area. lost the game, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, the Lightning yeah. lost the game. But then they came back and, and beat the uh, uh, Ducks 6-3 at home. So they end up the, uh, they end up the break. They go into their uh, – they're all off this week, right? And it's uh, 74, 76 points, just crazy. They're, they're so lightly, light years ahead of the league. I don't know what else to say. Um, but, you know, I guess I was looking in the West that Calgary leads the West. And uh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that they were having that kind of a year. So yeah, wasn't paying attention to that too much. And a little Tampa Good Columbus connection. Uh, Martin San Louis just signed with the Blue Jackets uh, to be our special teams coach. Nice. Ooh. Good. Good. He's a uh, yeah. He's in the Ring of Honor here at Amelie Arena. <clears throat> so of course, you know, he yeah. was on O seventeen. Uh, unbelievable player. Yeah. One of, cool. One of the fastest players ever to play uh, in in the league. Yeah. Uh, Bill, there's been been some been some upsets and some some good action down under. Uh, yeah. Yeah, been glued to it. Uh, Cindy, I, I, well, if I wake up like at two, three in the morning, she's not in bed. She's in the living room <laughs> watching tennis. I'm not. It's crazy. You're you're her husband. Tennis is her mister. Is that exactly. <laughs> her master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the big, obviously, the big one was Federer goes down to Stefano Tsitsipas of Greece. The uh, Bjorn Borg look like, as Cindy calls him. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big loss. Djokovic won again last night. Nadal's going to play tonight against Tiafo uh, from the United States and uh, in the quarterfinals. So that'll be exciting. I think Serena uh, 
had a, you know, she was going up against the one seed in Simona Halep. And so she just took care of her in the first set, 6-1. But then things got dicey. She lost the second set, 6-4. Um, and then really battled through a third set to win that thing. So I, wow, for me, I that means she's yeah. back. I mean, she's, I got to tell you, though, I'm not digging her outfit too much. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's always been a big girl, but you know, when you wear like a typical outfit, it kind of well, 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 well. Guys, this disclaimer, Sean. Disclaimer. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man. She, that little romper thing. Uh, um. Anyways, but you can't dispute she's the greatest of all time. So, I think she gets number 24. Although I've said that every match since she won 23, I've said that every major. Now, Bill, who's the little girl? For, oh, the 17 American, American right? that beat oh. the second seed, girl out oh, yeah, of Virginia. Um, well, she's, she went to, uh, did she go to Virginia for school? She went to UVA. Yeah. Yeah. But she also grew up in St. Pete. Her name is Dylan, isn't it? Um, Are we talk about the 17 year old. She went to UVA. Oh no, you're talking about, I know you're talking about, I'm not, I have to go get Cindy. I'm not going to go get her. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, there's been a couple of uh, young Americans who are playing yeah. very well, which is kind of fun to watch, but then you watch Madison keys go down Sloan Stevens Ooh. out. So, um, she's out too. I think she Sloan? is. Yeah. Wow. So they're, I think, so they're struggling a little bit on that side. Uh, but mm. yeah, but it's all Serena. She's going to win. And we'll see what happens with Djokovic and Nadal. And, uh, and, and uh, I think it's going to be between those two now with, uh, with Roger out of the picture. So we'll see. Mm. Looking up what that, um, yeah. her name is Danielle Collins. Yeah, that's it. Danielle Collins. She's actually went to Northeast high here in St. Pete. That's yeah. not the same one. That's not a 17 year old. Who She's beat the, young. Yeah, Chris Fowler, who's covering it, he says his tweet yesterday says, "Wow, uh, among the most stunning results I've seen in 17 years of covering slams." But number she, two, number two, Angie Kerber, who lost one game in her last match, wins just two games and on, versus on fire Danielle Collins, now the first ex-college player to make slam quarterfinals in 15 years. But she can't no, be 17. No, another, years yeah, she can't be 17 and be uh, and win. Amanda, two. Amanda, Anna Samova. Yep, Anna yeah, that's Samova. it. She'd be the girl from Belarus. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Yeah. So yep. a lot of fun, a lot of fun going on there. So, All right. um, yeah. And if, uh, and I, uh, I recorded an interview just before this podcast with uh, a gentleman in, in uh, Brisbane, Australia, <laughs> got to play the time zone difference with him. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Todd, why don't you hit some, hit, hit some soccer before we get out of here? I'm still wrapping my head around that. Um, San Luis is a special teams coach for hockey. I didn't know there were special teams in hockey, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they, power, they power plays and yeah, power plays and overtimes. Yeah. Is that how it? About, okay. How about okay. this? How about Sean McVay has a coach to keep him on the sidelines? That's the guy's entire job is to wow. catch him from going on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Hey, no, learn no. something to do today. Didn't yeah, know no. there was a special team hockey's coach, which is awesome. So EPL uh, report, um, Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. Just what a just awesome special team. Um, so credit to Manchester City, and I think it's Tottenham is third. Um, you could fact check me, Bill. Um, but those two teams, normally with as many points as Liverpool has accrued up to this point, they would be running away with the title. The title chase would be over. Uh, but But Manchester City and Tottenham are – are still making it uh, tough enough um, where they got to keep playing games. I think Liverpool's four points ahead of uh, uh, number two, Manchester City. Again, the beauty of soccer is you have the top six, um, top four play in the UEFA League champions. The number five and six are, are battling for Europa League. And then there's always the relegation relegation fund. So um, a, a, a recommendation, I haven't watched it yet, but there is a Netflix show – Sunderland till I die. Sunderland is a football club in, in, in London, or I'm sorry, in England, that they not only were relegated from the Premier League, but also the Champions League. They're League One, and they're trying to battle back in the Champions League to Championship League and get to the Premier League. But if you're looking for a good Netflix uh, a little documentary, these guys live, breathe, eat, and, and, and cry and die uh, football. So very interesting. Cool. All right, guys, let's wrap up our show. Uh, we'll hit a Super Bowl preview next week, and we'll be deep into college basketball um, as the uh, leagues kind of get their first run through and finish up their first run through their uh, conference foes. Um, Shay, what do you got going on this week? Any home games, or are you 
a lot of catch up this week. Yeah, we've got a home game uh, this week. I'm actually looking forward to the Atlanta Hawks coming in on Saturday night. I get to see uh, my first time seeing Trey Young and, and John Collins as professionals. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. The song Saturday this week. Awesome. <clears throat> Todd, what's going on with you, bud? Oh, hey. The three words you always want to hear in Doors and Hardware, hollow metal buyback. I'm going down to Valdosta, <laughs> Georgia. What? One of our distributors were actually swapping out their, uh, their um, hollow metal from a competitor and, and – uh, putting in our stuff so that was one of my favorite greg allman brothers band uh albums <laughs> <Metal Mind. laughs> yeah, that, that was a heavy anyway. metal that was a heavy metal band i liked back in the 70s yeah yeah, oh, metal don't, yeah. hey don't don't hate don't be jealous it's it's what i do <laughs> no, hey i'll be in uh i'll be in south georgia starting tomorrow and uh coming home for uh dinner on thursday so it's down it's, in Lowndes county enjoy it man down in Lowndes county um title town usa they call it valdosta so you got it man anyway yeah, looking forward to a good week Bill, what's going on with you, bud? Who's your uh, guest this week on the podcast? Before that, Todd, I was behind a truck and I couldn't get my phone out fast enough, but it had on the back of the truck doors and hardware. And it was like <laughs> some kind of, I don't remember the name of the company. And I'm like, damn, I missed it. I you know it. what I call that, Bill? I call that brush with greatness. Yes, I just missed <laughs> it. <laughs> so tomorrow, Sean, it's, um, I go to the CEO and founder of Wise Agent, Brandon Wise. Okay. Do you met Brandon before? I have an event, but just in passing. Very interesting guy. So he's, he's the guest on the podcast tomorrow. Um, I am in, I'm back to Lee County. It's that week of the month. So okay. I take off at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, and I'll be in Fort Myers, Cape Coral, and Sanibel Captiva Islands for the next three days. So Way, tough, tough job. Tough <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough it, job. Might, it might be 65 or 70 down there, so I'm hoping to get down to the warm weather. So Nice, nice. Um, before I wrap up, just a shout out and happy birthday to uh, the, another goat, uh, Jack Nicholas, uh, turns 79 today. Um, so he's, he's still shooting under, under 80 uh, at, at his age, um, but arguably, arguably one of the best. Um, guys, for me, it's, uh, it's a week of, of uh, kind of a lot of, lot of updating decks for, for February presentations. Uh, Got to send some. Uh, CE applications up to Michigan where I'll be speaking up in Detroit for our cold banker company up there later next month. Um, and just really getting ready for New York, Bill. We'll, we'll, both you and I will be out all week next week. So uh, that'll, that'll come upon us quickly. You're flying up Monday, right? I'm just I curious. fly up early Monday morning. Yeah. yeah. I'm early Tuesday with Anthony Malafronte. So we'll be in okay. one day later. Good. Okay. And the next, the next tickets came in this week. So um, hey. they're in my hands. Um, I'm going to get a Luca Jersey before I leave. So nice. I want to have one of those with me. So great. <laughs> Very good. So, well, guys, good show. Uh, interesting uh, conversations about uh, two really good uh, championship games. Uh, start thinking about what what you like, what you don't like about the Super Bowl, and we'll we'll break that down next week. And then we'll have to figure out if we want to do a uh, before kickoff episode or a after the game episode and break it down. So, on behalf of Shay and Todd and Bill, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening. We'll just stare down.